I believe in uh, curses and things like that. You know, I really do. Thunder Basin hasn't fared well playing at Oki Blanchard Stadium, so... Sports Podcast. I am your host, David Graff. Joined alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Munoz. We've got a fantastic episode on tap for you today. Really, really, really excited. It's almost Friday. It's almost Friday. We're less than 48 hours away when we're recording this from the kickoff of the high school football season. So, Of course, that's what we're going to talk about this week. We've got Patrick Schmidt on from wyoming-football.com. I don't know how he does it, collecting all the information that he collects, but he does a great job staying in tune with Wyoming high school football, all classifications, all levels. He's got a great preview for the 4A level up if you want to check that out. He highlighted No Cheyenne kids, just unbelievable shade thrown in the direction of Cheyenne. That means that it's time for somebody to step up, somebody to hop in. He did highlight two two Casper kids, Cameron Burkett, who was on the podcast last week, and Caden Wilcox from Natrona County, who I just saw practice and he was all over the field making plays. I mean, that kid's an animal. Kids and animal, but we'll get into Patrick's interview in a little bit here. But first, Robert, how's it going? Another day living the dream. Um, Mr. David Graff, excited to get get back in the mix of all the high school football drama that's going on. And yep, Mr. Schmidt didn't have any. What do you have? Five players to watch. Zero from the capital city, but he did have Cheyenne East in the state championship game. So that, I mean, it's bigger than, bigger than being on the watch list, right? Is and he had them winning, winning actually. I'm pretty sure 21 if, to 20. If you're a kid from central, you're a kid from South. You're like, where are we at? Where are we at? Patrick? I'm just playing. Well, it'll be an interesting week in Cheyenne. This is a pretty crazy week, pretty crazy opening week. All three schools are at home. South's at home, Central's at home, East's at home, and we're treated to a state championship rematch. Obviously, some of the main characters from last year's game are gone, but East and Thunder Basin at Oki Blanchard what are you looking forward to about that game, Robert? Yeah, uh, first first of all, I thought it, that's pretty interesting because last year all three schools were out of town. First week of the season, all three Cheyenne schools. So, but yeah, um, fresh, pretty much a fresh team. I know Thunder Basin has 20 new starters, only returning two starters from last year's state championship runner-up roster. Um 
one of those guys is quarterback Ryan Baker, though. I know he was, uh, I think, third in the state in passing last season. And so, you know, that's arguably the most important position on the field right there. So that's it's a good good core to build around. Um, one thing, though, they graduated their starting offensive line from last year, all five, Thunder Basin, a team that rushed for 38 touchdowns last year, um, second in the state behind Sheridan. You know, the offensive line, to, replacing that type of uh, efficiency, that production is going to be pretty big for Thunder Basin. But, yeah, same thing goes for Esau, placing a lot of production. So it's going to be interesting to see who – going to be interesting to see who prevails i think it's going to be a great game who do you think does prevail obviously last year east lost their first game of the season and it turned out to be a good thing for them is do you think that'll be the same case this year i believe in the curses and things like that you know i really do um Thunder Basin hasn't fared well playing at Oakey Blanchard Stadium, so could see Cheyenne East winning. And, you know, yeah, but the curse could be broken. On on the other side of town, Risky Field, Central, Natrona County, um, I know you're pretty familiar with that Natrona team. What, what are you expecting from those guys against the Indians? I haven't seen much of the Mustangs offense, I'll be honest. They've been working a lot defensively when I've been there at practice, trying to get that t- that side of the ball sharp. And it looks sharp. It looks – the defense looks very strong. Kids on – kids at all levels are flying around, making plays, doing things that – they're hitting hard, man. They're hitting hard. Certainly harder than I would want to be. <laughs> I I'm just I'm intrigued to see what Coach Harshman has up his sleeve. He's been doing this a long time, and I think he's got a sneaky, quiet confidence in this year's team. I really do. I think he knows something that we all don't know, and he's trying to play that really close to his vest. Do you know how long Harshman's been? Coaching Mustangs over there, long time. You have thirty-five plus years. I think this is his thirty-sixth year, but I don't wow. want to disrespect him. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm I'm pretty sure it's thirty-six years. Thirty. It's a lot of years. football knowledge. He's got nearly as many players in the NFL as Coach Bowl, as well. Wow. Two. That's that's pretty impressive, huh? That's uh that's really impressive if you ask me. Coming from a town like Casper and you've got two guys in the NFL duking out who will end up playing against each other this year for the second year in a row. Natrona County reunion. Where they will where will the game be located? Only one of them will be wearing orange though. That that's gotta sting a little bit. That's got to stay a little bit. Yeah, orange and black too. The game will be played, I believe, in Cincinnati, September 30th. So if you're just a true Wyomingite, 
mark that day on your calendar. Jaguars, Bengals. It's a Thursday night game. Battle of the cats. Get get your buddies. Get your buddies. And uh get in front of a TV screen, see which Wyomingite prevails in the NFL. From football royalty in NC, let's head over to Kelly Walsh. Kelly Walsh takes on South this weekend. Should be an interesting game over there at Cheyenne South. South is looking for a win, looking for a big-time win, and Kelly Walsh is looking to carry momentum from last season into this season. Spirits are high at Kelly Walsh. I like Cameron Burkett last week. He said, I expect us to be in the state championship game, but you can't expect anything. That is, that is quite the quote from him. I really like him as a player and just as a human being, he's a good kid to talk to, but he just looking at him out on the field, it's (laughs) we get into it a little bit with Patrick Schmidt, but he's going to be an absolute force as long as defense, as long as he's not playing one on 11. And so I'm intrigued to see how he, how he comes out in week one against South because it could set a tone for the rest of the season in terms of, is he going to be that guy who's, who's gunning for the top player in the state? All, all due respect to Isaac Shanefield out in Rock Springs, but, I think Cameron Burkett, I think he's going to have something to say about it. I really do. Just watching him in practice, seeing how competitive and how competitive he really is. He's just, he's an interesting football player. And if you're torn on which game to go to this weekend, I think the South game with an opportunity to watch Cameron Burkett you'll get your money's worth. Talk about setting a tone this week. This weekend's going to set the tone for a lot. Um, especially those four big schools that are playing, Central East, Thunder Basin, Natrona. Um, you know, Thunder Basin is, plays Rock Springs, who a lot of people are high on this going into the season. In week two, um, they play at home. But – those are two tough games to start the season. Um, traveling the East and hosting Rock Springs. Is there a chance they could start the season zero and two? I don't know. I think they have to at least win one of those games. And might be Rock Springs. We'll just have to see uh, see how it plays out. I think. It's going to be a pretty huge game. Thunder Basin is just until we see them falter, like for real, I can't, I agree. You just can't see them starting a season 0-2. Same goes uh, for ESO. I think they travel up um, to Casper to play Natrona week two, you know, uh, same fate there. That's a tough place to win, of course. Um, 
And Central, I think they play K-Dub. They travel to Casper as well. So uh, the first two weeks of the season are going to, I mean, just, just tell a lot. Gonna, I think they're going to, like you said, set the tone. I don't know. Some of these teams might be more confident going into the remainder of the season after the first two weeks than a couple of others. And the mind is a very powerful thing. We're definitely going to learn a lot. That's why it's hard to talk about this week one game because really the whole 4A classification, it, it just it's seemingly wide open, and that's something that we talked about with Patrick Schmidt. So we won't delay that any longer. Here's wyoming-football.com's Patrick Schmidt. He hopped on the podcast. We didn't talk just 4A. We got into some of the lower levels as well. And we had to ask him about why no Cheyenne players on his players to watch. So without further ado, enjoy this interview with Patrick Schmidt. All right, we are thrilled to be joined now heading into the 2021 season by Patrick Schmidt from wyoming-football.com. He's got almost all the information that you could ever need about Wyoming high school football. I, I've been checking the website daily to make sure that I have all my facts right from last season and the last decade and even further back than that. So we're thrilled to have him. Patrick, how's it going today? It's going well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, we're really excited to have you. I, I figure before we get started in into high school football here, we should let you take a victory lap as it pertains to Dalton Peterson. Now, he didn't rush for 2,000 yards, but he's a hell of an athlete, hell of an athlete that you put on the radar. Well, and he was a guy that, I'll be honest, I had been uh, keeping an eye on since I was in Casper, and he was about five years old. I'd written a story about his dad uh, shortly before he passed, and uh, and it was it was you could just tell that he was his father's son and I was really excited to see him take off in his senior season. Well, we're, we're certainly excited to see what the future holds for him. He'll be up here in Casper at Casper college playing hoops, but let's dive into some football. Now kickoff is Friday, August 27th. What are you looking forward to just about Friday and the season getting underway here? Well, I think that, I, I don't know who said it first and, and I'm going to rip them off and not credit them, whoever said it, but a football season or any season is like a good mystery novel. Right. And Friday's chapter one. And, and the, the resolution is going to be who wins the championship, but you, you just don't know where things are going to start. You don't know who's going to surprise you. And you don't know what's kind of fun about the, the opening week is you don't know which wins are flukes and luck and which wins are actually signs of things to come. And that's really what I like about, about this opening weekend is sometimes teams surprise you. And sometimes it means absolutely nothing. When I think back about last year, Cheyenne East lost in the opening weekend and they didn't lose again. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm looking for is what are those games that when we look back in November, going to be like, Oh, that wasn't, that, that was just a complete fluke. And then also looking back and saying, wow, we should have paid attention to this team when they told us they were here. <laughs> uh, and and I've, I did that a couple of times last year as well. The big one I remember was Matizzi came out and really surprised and, and got off to a great start. And I, 
I was a doubter. And then all of a sudden there was Matizzi in the championship game. And in, in class four, a um, read through your preview. You like rock Springs a lot going into this season. What, what about this rock spring, this rock Springs team um, just gets you excited. What are they, what are they doing over there? Well, I've learned a powerful lesson in several years of covering Wyoming high school football. And so you don't doubt coach Lenhart. Uh, you know, he's doing some really, really good things. I really liked what he did with Torrington when he was there, really built up that program and built him into a really solid contender. And it was just about at the same pace that he's building Rock Springs into a contender. And I, I think that you, you look from the top down and, and what he's doing and what he's done is really indicative of what I think Rock Springs could be this year. Uh, you couple that with the fact that everyone else in 4A lost a lot of people. And it just could be their time to shine him. It's probably not Rock Springs' best team ever. It might not even be their best team, you know, in the last 15 years. But it, those things are kind of convalescing all at the right time for them to have a really successful season. That, that they're getting good when everyone else is kind of maybe catching a wave down. You mentioned um, Isaac Isaac. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce the last name. Shanefield? I believe it's Shanefield. Yeah. Yeah. But he was, um, uh, we talked to Andrew Johnson uh, after he committed to the University of Wyoming, uh, Cheyenne Central guy. He said, I'm pretty sure um, he said that that guy was the hardest player that he has had to cover uh, during his time at Central. So, um, that guy's in for a pretty big season, right? He should be. And the thing is, he's, he's probably not going to be one of those guys who, whose stats really jump off the page in any one category. And that's how he was last year. He just did a little bit of everything really, really well. He ran the ball. He caught the ball, played defense. I mean, he just did a little bit of everything. And he was one of those guys that um, was, I, I, for, for lack of a better word, annoying. Yeah, because you know that he's going to make a play. You just don't know when or how. And some guys, you know how they're going to make a play. You just kind of wait for it to happen with, with him. You just don't know how he's going to make the play. And, and that versatility is, is incredibly frustrating to prepare for as a defense because you just don't know where, where he's going to be or how he's going to do what he needs to do. And he does it on both sides of the ball, which is um, for 4A, not something you see every day anymore. From your from your four A season preview, noticeably absent were any Cheyenne players. So I gotta know who who's on your radar from Cheyenne that didn't quite crack the top five. Uh, I think one of the guys who who stuck out, and I I, I sort of have a uh, reason for having him on my radar is Gavin Goff from East because. Uh, he's one of the few guys who who had a real impact last year who's back, and he's also coach's son. And uh, that's me. I was a coach's son. My dad was my high school basketball coach, so I know coach's sons are always pretty cerebral. They have a good understanding of what's going on out there, and I think that he's um, 
going to be one of those guys this year. And I know there was talk about maybe moving him to a different position and uh, seeing what he could do in maybe some different spots. And I don't know what East has planned. I can't wait to find that out on Friday, uh, what they're going to do with him, particularly offensively. But I think he's one of those guys that, that, you know, from a defending state champion that lost a lot, he's one of those guys who's back. And, and I think he'll be hugely, hugely impactful for East this year. I can't tell you. I don't want to spoil it, uh, I guess. Don't don't spoil it. No spoilers. <laughs> um, but. Okay, right. spoil a little bit. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I'll leave it. Um, first of all, well, two things here. Uh, around all the classifications and, and just in 4A, those two, what were the biggest surprises that uh, kind of caught your eye? last season i think one of the things that surprised me in in 4a was um was in the playoffs uh, the playoffs gave us i mean the, the biggest surprise which was i think maybe the biggest 4a playoff upset we've had in a decade which is kelly walsh beating cheyenne central i, I don't know that anyone saw that coming not only did they not see coming like I certainly didn't see a 28-0 lead coming in the playoffs with with what Central had, and I am really really curious to see what that does to to Central as a program. I know that that's one of those losses that can stick with somebody mentally for a while. I hope that it doesn't for Central's sake because Central's you know, been building and building steam for such a while or been building steam, excuse me, for quite a while now. And I really hope that's one of those that just doesn't just decimate the, the, the mental focus and the mentality of the team because uh, they deserve better than that. They deserved more than what they got. Uh, now that said, Kelly Walsh earned that victory and absolutely deserved what they got too. Uh, and, and I'm not trying to put Kelly Walsh aside or anything like that. They really honestly proved what, what they were made of. Um, but I, but I hope central rebounds better than some teams might in that kind of situation. We had a couple of Kelly Walsh kids on the podcast last week, Cameron Burkett, one of your players to watch this season. Do you think Kelly Walsh as a team can continue on the success that they had last year? And especially because you're mentioning, uh, the big four is dissolving. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another huge thing, kind of what you just talked about with Cheyenne Central. So I think Camber Kett's going to be a, a tremendous player, but I also think Kelly Walsh had a lot of seniors, like a lot of teams in 4A do and did get a lot of seniors. So I don't know if his numbers are going to be the same. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep that up, but, but I hope he can. Um, he's going to need help because last year he had a little bit of help. He, he had some other guys who were offensive weapons. He needs some other guys around him to step up and take the defensive pressure off of him, right? That he needs to be able to uh, not be the sole focus of other teams' defensive game plans, uh, that if you shut him down, you shut Kelly Walsh down. If that's the case, Kelly Walsh is dead in the water. Uh, if, if they get that versatility and, and get a, a mix kind of like they had last year, I think they'll be in really good shape. And, and I had them ranked eighth this year because I'm not sure they can do it. But, man, surprise me. I would love to be uh, 
surprised by by the Trojans this year, and I'd love for them to uh, continue some of that success because it's a it's a, a a good program, and I think Coach McKelkey's doing some good things. Yeah, uh, sorry, I apologize. I kind of interrupted David's crush question there. Um, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> You, you, you talked a lot about how the big four is dissolving uh, those four yes. schools mm-hmm. in Wyoming um, for a football. It, this parody is pretty good, right? Um, how good is this? I mean, I think this, the, the parody we've got this year is as good as it's been in at least a decade, if not more in 4A, because when I went through and tried to rank my teams one through 10 in, in 4A this year, that was the toughest classification to rank. And normally it's, it's not. <laughs> it, for, for a decade, I've just been able to plug in the top four, one, two, three, four, the bottom six, and, and make it happen. But this year was so difficult to do that, uh, in part because of the big senior class turnover, but also in part because the other teams have proven that they belong, you know, Cheyenne Central and Kelly Walsh and – uh, Rock Springs, I, I mean, those those programs have proven that they can play with anyone. Uh, and I think it's going to to show more this year than, than in any year, probably since maybe 2009, maybe 2008, where you're going to be able to have some upsets. You're going to be able to have, you know, a, a three and six team actually have a chance against a six and three team. And and you're going to be able to see more of that. And I think we saw hints of that last year with Kelly Walsh in the playoffs. We saw that with Rock Springs just playing everyone within a touchdown, basically. Uh, um, so we saw that uh, kind of in bits and pieces last year, but I think we're going to um, see a lot more parity, especially up top this year. Should be interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, all right. Who's your, who's your, uh, Lower class, uh, I'll say uh, lower class player to watch this year. You get, you said Dalton Peterson. We already talked about him uh, at the top. Last year you mentioned Dalton Peterson. Who's who's the guy to watch that no one really knows about this year? Uh, you know, I think the, the person who, when I think about guys that are that are – people we should root for, right? People who, who are uh, in a position to do some really cool things. And I know it's not a 1A, but I'll give you a 2A player, uh, which is Bo Bivens from Torrington, right? And I don't know if you remember Bo's story at all, but Bo was Torrington's quarterback last year, did some really, really good things, and then had a horrific injury to his ankle in the semifinals and didn't get to play in the championship game. Um, he's back. He's healthy. Uh, as coach says, he's better than ever. And I really am rooting for the guy because I, I saw the injury in real time over, over the stream. And it was uh, the closest I've ever come to throwing up watching a video stream. It was that bad. And, and I really hope for, for his sake and for Torrington's sake, because Torrington should be really good this year, that, that he's able to come back fully and, and, and show what he can do and, and maybe move on to the next level. I'm headed to Riverton for their first game. I want to know, what, what do you know about the Riverton football team heading into this season? 
So I think Riverton's in a in a kind of a unique position because they're they got a second year coach Troy Anderson who's who's I think been able to bring some some discipline to the program. Uh, I know when I talked to him last year, uh, you know, right after he got hired, I talked to him and I talked to him over satellite phone because he was deployed overseas with the National Guard. So when you just put somebody like that in a position to lead, they're going to get good things from their players. And I know uh, I saw your story. Lucas Engel is going to be a pretty fantastic wide receiver for them. They need to develop a little bit. Uh, They're still getting their legs under them. I think for Riverton, if they can get past 500, that would be a, a tremendous success. And they play in that East Conference, which East Conference, excuse me, which also has a lot of parity. And and I think they're they're going to be um, competitive. I don't know if they can keep up with with the likes of Douglas, but um, they're they're a playoff team, and they're again one of those teams that that the the more I think that they stick with what what Coach Anderson's trying to give them, the more. Uh, discipline they're going to be and the harder they're going to be to beat they definitely i mean it seems like a it seems like troy anderson has a he has a grasp on those kids they look up to him in a way that i i don't see many kids looking up to their coach in the way that they look up to him so you're not wrong about troy anderson the man let's just we'll wrap it up here but is there anything that we haven't covered uh, across the state that you feel like deserves some more recognition? Um, we haven't even really scratched the surface too much about the 3A West, which is going to be wild. It's going to be amazing. And I mean, I can't wait for what Jackson brings, what Cody brings, what Star Valley brings. I mean, that conference is just loaded. And then Douglas, if it were any other year, I'd probably pick Douglas to win the 3A championship. But 3A is just just a crazy conference or crazy classification. And that West Conference is always tough. But this year, it's on another level, especially with those teams at the top with Jackson and Cody, uh, Star Valley and Powell as well. Well, Patrick Schmidt, from wyoming-football.com. If you haven't been to the website, you need to go to the website just to see what crazy stats this guy has collected. He's done all of the work that you've told yourself you would do. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible what, what Patrick's got for readers and everybody. He's got great previews for every classification. So if you want to know more about something that we didn't talk about or see who who else is on his radar because there are some more 4A players that he has little blurbs about and Patrick's as plugged in as anybody else. So really appreciate him giving us a few minutes of his time. Thank you so much, Patrick. Can't wait to talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Wyoming-Football.com's Patrick Schmidt. That's an interview that Robert and I were stoked for for about a month. We couldn't wait to have Patrick on the podcast talking high school football. The guy knows what he's talking about. He knows his stuff. He's usually pretty right about these things too. So even though 4A is somewhat of a minefield and nobody really knows, when you talk to the coaches, they don't know either. There's no team that coaches are sold on either. So It'll certainly be interesting, you know, that the story is 
absolutely going to be written on the field this season. There will not be any chicanery off the field in terms of getting in anybody's head. I guess maybe we shall see as the season goes on, but that was fun. Can't wait to talk to Patrick again. We'll get into some UW football news here. Interesting develop. Interesting development out of the Pokes program coming down earlier this week. Linebacker Charles Hicks, Charles Chuck Hicks, is transferring out of the program. He entered the transfer portal on August 23rd. An interesting day to make that decision, but he's no longer on the team. He was supposed to be one of the top two linebackers headlining a pretty scary duo with him and Chad Muma, but no more, no more Chuck Hicks. He didn't give a reason. He just said due to circumstances on Twitter that he would be entering the transfer portal and for coaches to contact him, coaches may contact him, which is very interesting. What well, what was your initial reaction to this news, Robert? It kind of sucks for the depth, uh, you know, that linebacking core would have been able to plug anybody. I mean, I'm sure they probably so can, but just plug anybody in and be successful. And, you know, it's always good to have that depth, obviously. So that's that's just what caught me, uh, caught my eyes. Depth is no longer as deep as as deep. stout. As deep, for sure. There's still plenty of depth. It's just not deep, deep. It's not Alcova Lake deep, as I was talking about with one of the Kelly Walsh kids earlier. Yeah, I, I'm... I'm just, I'm floored by this. I'm floored by this, honestly. I'm excited. IE, the IE zone, Easton Gibbs out of Temecula. Shout out Temecula. He'll, he'll get a chance to step up. He was somebody that I personally am excited to see heading into the season. He was somebody that I talked to the coaches about, Easton Gibbs specifically. He was somebody that I just think that there's got to be something special about him. And the coaches didn't quite agree with me when I talked to him, talked to them about Easton. They said that he's somebody that got on the field a lot last year, but has a long way to go. Somebody that they expect to see more out of. And then talking with Easton and him saying just, kind of how grateful he was he is to be a part of the UW program it sent some uh, alarm bells up in my head not gonna lie but I'm excited for him I'm excited for the other guys in the linebacking group to get a chance I'm excited for Aaron Bull prove his medal prove that he's not just the coach's son and to continue the linebacker legacy at UW, it's it's also just strange, you know. That's I've been saying it for weeks now. It feels like linebacker at UW, at least the last five years, it's kind of been the position at UW. Linebacker safety, kind of that that 
mold, wouldn't you say, Robert? Yep, no doubt. Um, and for those who are wondering why David shouting out Temecula, his girlfriend is from, grew up in Temecula. I.E. What is what is that? What is I.E.? The I.E. is the Inland Empire. If you've never been to Southern California, there is oh. Los Angeles, there is San Diego, and then Orange County, and then the Inland Empire. It is the area outside of those three areas that is the desert, but there are still like 10 million people that live there. (laughs) It's like, for example, if you are at all familiar Riverside where Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is from Marino Marino Valley, not Riverside, but that area is, that's the IE. Temecula is a part of that. And that's where uh, Easton Gibbs is from. It's also where Hank Bachmeyer, Boise State's quarterback, is from as well. I.e. Interesting. Case. You're full of uh, that California geography knowledge. Three years spent out there and then another six months on the couch. You get familiar with the area. Well, I'm glad uh, you had that bond with Easton Gibbs. I know you talked about that. Uh, when you chatted him up at media day, I did not, obviously I didn't talk to him. Um, Robert was just standing behind him in the shot the whole time. Yeah. I apologize for that. (laughs) You should have shouted at me to move, but. um, You can actually see Robert. He's just tossing a football in the air the whole time that I'm talking to Easton Gibbs. It's pretty funny. What, what, I know you just said you're grateful. He said he was grateful just to be part of the program, but what what, what were the big takeaways from when you talked with him for those who didn't see your interview? Because obviously there's something there that allowed him to kind of prevail and take the position. I think the, the thing, the biggest takeaway from Easton Gibbs that I think talking to him, I'll have a story out on Easton later this weekend after some of the high school football madness dies down. So look out for that. But he played at a school in Temecula that, if I'm not mistaken, the over-under on on their wins over four years was two. (laughs) Two wins. Can you imagine playing high school football and winning two games over four years? No, I could not. I mean, at that point, you're just like, why am I doing this? And Temecula has some – Temecula and Marietta, they have some good football teams in that area. Great Great Oak, I believe, is the high school. They've had kids go to Notre Dame recently playing football. So it's a football-rich area, and I'm sure that – Wyoming was out there probably recruiting somebody else and they saw Easton Gibbs and saw his fight, saw a guy who was never going to give up on any of the plays. And that was the kid that they pinpointed. I remember Easton Gibbs committed on signing day when Robert and I were still in Laramie. And I was like, this kid's from Temecula. I looked at my girlfriend who's from Temecula and she's like, why would he go to TV if he plays football? So like, I I just, and then talking to him myself. What it, 
What is TV? What is the what is that high school? It's Temecula Valley. Oh, okay. It's called Temecula Valley. And the all the coaches talked about how the the fact that he was on a high school team that didn't win any games speaks to just kind of his level of character, which I thought was interesting as well. You know? Yeah, they probably like you said, saw him and Craig Wool's pro football factory was like, Hey, Sign this we can guy. develop this guy. We can develop this guy. So that's what I, they do over there in Laramie. He was somebody that I just, I remember distinctly bringing him up to Aaron bowl and coach Aaron bowl was like, Easton is an interesting kid. He's somebody that we would like to see more of. And they're going to see more of him now. I think he's going to, find his way on onto the field with Chuck Hicks out of the picture. No doubt. And it's just right around the corner. No doubt. Interesting. No doubt. Well, we can talk Easton Gibbs. We can talk Easton Gibbs and Temecula all day. All day, as far as I'm concerned. But we'll let you get out of here. We appreciate everybody listening to the podcast, sharing the podcast donating to the podcast, all all of the good things that you're doing for the podcast. It's awesome to see. It's awesome to see the growth of this thing. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger each week. I look back at the numbers and I'm like, whoa, that was not what it was last week. So I really appreciate everybody helping to grow this thing. And it's a lot of fun doing this, a lot of fun talking. High school football, UW football. Shout out to Teddy Bridgewater for – Leading a, a playoff-bound Broncos squad. I know. Broncos tickets have already gone through the roof after seeing Teddy Bridgewater and his preseason excellence. You gonna go that's to, the best way to describe it, excellence. You going to go down to any any Broncos games? You got I'd really tickets? love to go watch. I'd, uh, I'd really t- – tickets are so expensive. It's ridiculous. I'd really love to go watch Lamar Jackson play. We may have to have a group field trip for that one. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what the weather's like. What do you mean, man? The cold games are the best. It's not that. I just I gotta make the extra two and a half hour trip to Cheyenne to pick you up. Okay. That that's really what it is. I mean, I we did get stuck here for six days last year. <sighs> All right. I don't want to talk about that. Time. Actually, it wasn't bad. I I really enjoyed it. I actually really enjoyed staying at your house. It was a good time. But I did miss my trip to Florida because of it. Yeah. But that's all right. It wasn't meant to happen, dude. It just wasn't meant to happen. Just brutal. Brutal. Well, like I said, appreciate everybody who's been helping us to grow the podcast. We may or may not have some Cheyenne High School players, some interviews that we'll put up on the podcast throughout the week here. We're trying to track a few down, see if they want to hop on, give us a few minutes of their time before the before the grind starts on Friday. So you'll you'll see them. You'll see those episodes. If they if those interviews happen, they'll be in the feed. So watch out for those. Next week. And if not this week, if not this week, 
plenty more coming. Yes. It's a long season. It's a long season. So there's plenty of time to identify the kids that need to be on the podcast and get them on. So also going to next week's going to be a fun episode. We're going to have ESPN Missoula skyline sports, MT.com's culture. Nuanas also want my former boss. He does a great job covering Montana state. The best job actually it's he's got unparalleled coverage he's he's going to be on the podcast telling us about montana state heading into saturday's uw football game shout out to shakewell for the music and i hope to see you out under the lights on friday night Baby, now.